Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Gray Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Grace, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janun. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Here are your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Ted Roberts, part two. Thanks for joining us when we talk about Pure Desire, Ted's book. Welcome back to the show, Ted. Hey, great to be back, guys. Absolutely. Rob, Mike, we we got a real gem. Oh, yeah. We had a lot of fun last year. We had a lot of fun. fun. Ted's got a powerful story, and so now we get to learn about his book. All right, so... We're going to be uh, listening to, uh, we're going to be uh, talking about his um, book. And, of course, you can find out more information about his book at uh, the on the Internet at puredesire.org. Also, Ted has graciously offered to you all, uh, if you want to call in, uh, probably uh, a few of you here uh, within the next week of this, uh, this taping, uh, you can get a signed copy of Ted's book, Pure Desire. Isn't that nice? Amen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Great. And if you're from the L.A. area, we want to know that. Yes. We want to know. Yeah. But, hey, how about it's in its 13th printing. 13th That's, printing. I mean, gosh, as you know, a potential author, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. now how many is that sold then, Ted? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I lose. Uh, you know, I don't keep track of that. I'm too busy pastoring people. Right. The one problem they have is they always have to sell it in a brown paper wrapper and put it under the <laughs> yeah. counter. Of well, course. They, they sell other stuff like that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, so share your heart on the book. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about uh, what really you're going for and who's your target and what's the core message of Pure Desire? Well, the, the core message of Pure Desire is no matter what level that you may be struggling with uh, in sexual issues, that God can bring you total, complete freedom, but it's not a quick fix. Right. And uh, um, self-help uh, quick fixes are a waste of time here. Right. And religious answers, just pray more, read the Bible more, is like putting a rope around your neck and pulling against the noose. It'll choke you to death. I right. think guys would be a lot better off in some churches if uh, after they came to Christ at the altar and the pastor asked them, uh, do you struggle with sexual issues? Yeah, and the pastor ought to shoot him right there. That'd probably save him a lot of pain <laughs> because they're going to hear in most churches, well, okay, you struggle with that, just read the Bible more and pray more. Yeah, just stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord. Right. I, I've never, I've been at this 30 years now. I've never counseled a guy who struggled with sexual issues in his life that is in the church who hasn't read the Bible, who hasn't prayed more, right. and it's only gotten worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. How many times have we prayed that prayer, God, would you take this thing from me? But, you know, as we discussed in the last show, God is the king of glory. Mm-hmm. And when we walk out a redemptive uh, recovery program, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. partnering with him, not asking for him to do it for us, but partnering with him to accomplish that freedom, then he gets glory. Absolutely. And people see that, and they're, they're drawn unto his name. Now, we've got an excerpt of your book that we'd like to uh, share with the listeners here, Ted. So, Mike, why don't you take that away? And speaking of the altar, this has to do with that. I was speaking in the Bible Belt not long ago <clears throat> when I asked the gracious pastor what he wanted me to share about during the weekend services. He said, just tell me about the great work God is doing at your church. I said I would love to do that, but I will end up talking about real life, about the bondage, addiction, and trauma that so many people are struggling with today. And I will challenge them to open up these areas of their lives to God so he can heal them and set them free. The expression expression on this pastor's face changed a bit, and he commented, Well, I don't think we have a lot of folks dealing with the depth of these issues that you're talking about. This isn't just the Bible Belt part of the country. We call it the buckle of the Bible Belt. But that pastor gave me the green light, so I didn't pull any punches. 
Then at the end of the service, I gave an altar call for people struggling with sexual issues. No one moved at first, and the dam broke, and they lined up three to four deep at the altar. And to me, when I read that, it just seems to me this is what we need to be doing in our churches, not just preach a sermon, go home, and forget about it, but we need to be challenging our people and, and doing what you did that day, that Sunday. Yeah, and it's it's so difficult for the average pastor to do that. And, uh, you know, as I've traveled around uh, for the last 10 years speaking to pastors, that's probably the most terrifying thing for them to do, mm-hmm. is to talk about uh, sexuality in an open and uh, forthright and honest way. Yeah. Why, is it, why is it terrifying, Ted? Uh, because... Um, the vast majority of pastors I talk with don't understand the addictive process. Right. So they 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 know the problems there. I mean, if they've got a pastor's heart at all, but they don't have any solutions. Right. Right. The, the solutions that they've given don't work. Well, mm. let's talk about some solutions. But case in point, I was up in Seattle at the beginning of September, meeting with a pastor up there who had gone to see you speak at mm-hmm. uh, the Overlake. The, uh, gig that you did up there. Right. And uh, he was at a staff meeting afterwards and he overheard some guys. And these are prominent pastors, like known all over the world that if I said their name and you'd know them in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. they were kind of giggling about some of the things that you were talking about. Right. And this pastor, who is just a, a, you know amazing man of God, knows the importance of sexual sin, said, I'm sorry, I just don't. What's so funny about this? And, they, you know, their basic attitude was, well, this is for, you know, other guys, not us. Mm-hmm. So how can we reach guys like that? I mean, these are just men just like you and me. They happen to have the pastor title. Uh, but but you're talking about folks who are either in denial or in ignorance. Yeah, uh, hmm. those are the two options. Mm-hmm. And the the ignorance is, is going to be Dangerous. eventually blown away. Yeah. You see it in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Right. The Protestant Church will be eventually lawsuited out of its brains, too. Ted, mm. it's, it's happening. I have a client who's a Jewish rabbi, and it's starting to blow up there. Yeah, wow. and the the difference between the baby boomers, baby busters, and the younger generation is sick, sicker, and sickest. Wow. Our family structures are disintegrating, and so the addictive rates are going to go exponential. And the young men and women that are stepping into the pastorate are going to be eaten alive if we don't address this issue. Wow. Well, so. you know, we I did an email out to some pastor friends uh, a few months back saying, hey, we'd like to do a panel of pastors mm. on how can we reach the church, or how have you been effective at reaching the church uh, around the issues of sexual addiction and recovery? You know, I had maybe uh, 13 emails that I sent out. I heard back from two, and mm-hmm. both of them were busy. Right. So yeah. so speak for a moment, Ted, to a pastor's heart about, I mean, hey, you're doing it in your church, and you still got a pulse. Speak, <laughs> yeah. you know, speak to a pastor's heart for a second here about reaching the lost in this area that's plaguing us. Yeah, well, I, let me speak from a senior pastor's perspective. You guys, neither one of you, uh, or no, not any of you, have flown in that chair. Right. Uh, it's it's extremely. Uh, it's the toughest job I've ever had. I mean, sure. staying alive in Vietnam was easy compared to that. Wow. <laughs> uh, it is pressure. You don't have time to breathe, and you got to raise your kids, and mm-hmm. your you know your wife's asking, "Where are you?" Most pastors, when I come in and we do a Pure Desire conference, I say, you don't have the time to do it. All I'm asking is that you say, we need to deal with this, and you really understand that men are struggling with this. We will train your lay people. 
We will train them completely. They'll be fully functional, and we'll support them. And this ministry needs to be released from the lay people, not from you mm-hmm. anyway. Because right. when you have some guy that's been in bondage for 20 years, he can't lift up holy hands to God. Once he finally gets free, you got a warrior on your hands. Right. So most pastors, senior pastors, they, they don't have the time to do it. And 85% of recent surveys say they would do something like this, but they don't know what to do. They don't understand it, and they don't have the time. That's why we've constructed this ministry that we have to get it into churches and yeah. to facilitate it. And if we're getting pastors that are finally starting to respond now, usually the younger ones. Okay, so set this up for a pastor who's listening right now, and he's wondering, okay, what what would that look like? Okay, so I'm going to have pure desire come to my church Tell me, what is that going to look like for that man? How does that play out? I mean, how does it actually function in his church? Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, first of all, I would say to the pastor, uh, uh, it is a family systems problem, Uh okay? So that you're going to have to have small groups for men and small groups for women. The Mm -hmm. great thing about the book, Pure Desire, my wife wrote the last three chapters, and she talks about how it feels to be a wife who discovers that her husband has been Mm -hmm. doing this. She needs support from the church, mm-hmm. and you can develop it in small group structures, which will totally be uh, led and directed by lay people. You mm-hmm. just need the one staff person to be the connection point, right. and then stand back and let God do the miraculous. Wow! Okay. And we'll train those leaders. We've yeah. got all the materials to train them. This has been in, this has been functioning for eight years, well, uh-huh. ten years now. We have thousands of people go through, and the success rate runs about eighty-two to eighty-five percent. Awesome! That is so awesome. And so, how long does that whole training process take? Are we take, talking a couple of days, a weekend, a couple two-day follow-ups? Well, great question. There's two different cycles. Okay. For men, we tell them when they come into a, a pure desire group, it's going to be two to four years before you're going to be fully healthy Mm. the way God wants you to. For the wife, we put them in 13-week groups, and then we stop it. And the guys go, well, how come we got to be in it two years, and they're in it for only 13 weeks? Well, would you want your wife talking about you to other women for two years? No. Okay. We want to get them 13 (laughs) weeks, and they need some help in other areas, like understanding boundaries, understanding what grace is, stuff like that. Sure. So we set that up, and it's a continual basis. The person and goes through it. After about a year and a half, the guy starts getting healthy enough, and he has he has a clear understanding of relapse prevention, and he has strong accountabilities. Then he cycles back as a leader. So the group, the the, the structure itself, produces more leaders than you can ever swing a stick at. That's awesome. You know what you said about the family structures. I completely agree. Um, I've been through that, and so my brothers here. And what I've come across in the church sometimes is there's a criticism that going back and, and looking at the family issues, uh, they use a verse, I think, about that Paul used out of context to me about just move forward, keep right. moving forward, and don't look back at the past, and right. the, by the Bible should be sufficient. And so, I mean, I agree with you. So what, what would you say to the church on this issue? Well, uh, they have a good point that a lot of people uh, who are in—I stopped speaking in recovery uh, big seminars— because that had become their church. Right, right. That they're constantly in recovery. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one extreme, that you can't use your past to be any excuse for your present or your past behavior. Right. It doesn't, it actually, in God, it doesn't disqualify It you. doesn't disqualify. The other side to the Christian, I would say, if you think that your past doesn't affect the struggles you're having, then you've never read the Bible. Amen. 
I mean, look at the life of David. Hmm. I mean, a classic sex addict. Right. And he never communicated. He never communicated to We probably know more about David's heart by reading the Psalms than his kids did. Wow. He yeah. never sat down with Solomon and said, listen, now here's what happened. This is what I, I took. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, is it any wonder the guy ended up the smartest man in the woman, uh, smartest man in the world with 700 wives and 300 porcupines? Right. I mean, right. <laughs> that, Sounds like that, a pretty stiffy I mean, situation. That, that, 700 mother-in-law. It cannot be the wisest man on the planet. No, I know. no, that's yeah, it's hell. On and Earth, so yeah, that pattern sure. passed right down to him. Right. And if we don't see clearly, now what you'll find is they struggle with psychobabble, and I agree with it. What you have to do is translate it. That's generational curses. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Then you see it all the way through the Bible. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Addiction really is just a uh, kind of a, a modern term for sin. Right. Mm-hmm. If you just boil it down. Well, yeah. And if you even take it into the modern technology of the brain, we know that we are conditioned and associated. So if it's a family system thing, it's something from the beginning. Yeah. You know, right yeah. up to, you know, mm-hmm. our, our age and how we treat our other kids. Yeah, Adam and Eve were fairly dysfunctional, <laughs> and so you just choose where you are on that scale of dysfunctionality. Well, yeah, it just went J- from the garden to the hood. Yeah, right. with, with Jacob's family, Reuben had sex with uh, Jacob's mm-hmm. one of his wives, and then right. Judah had sex with the prostitute, who actually yeah. turned out to be his niece. And then Joseph, the only one that said no to sex, sexual temptation, was the one that was loved by his father. <clears throat> Which brings back me back to Ted to an article I saw you read in. Or you written for New Man magazine a couple of years back that talked about that father wound. Yeah, probably I would say, uh, oh, the vast majority of men that I've counseled through the years that have really struggled with this and love God, the issue that they're struggling sexual addiction is not about sex. Right. It's really not, though the guy is convinced it is. It's about the wounds you have. The vast majority of guys that I've counseled who are struggling in depth, it's a father wound. Sure. Yeah. And I, I've spoken in men's conferences where I started addressing the father wound, and I've had guys just collapse on the floor screaming and crying. Oh, right. yeah. And right. this is not a Pentecostal group. It's because know? they're in pain. Yeah, yeah it's, they're just in searing pain. Well, yeah, yeah we, we see this all the time, Jason. Uh, it's just a symptom. It's just right. a symptom of the real issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Absolutely. the medicine that is, is so promoted by the enemy. Yeah, it's yeah. something that's a result of certainly a bio- or a physiological pattern or a neurological right. establishment, but it's also something influenced by a psychological pain, you mm-hmm. know, abuse, right. neglect, right. sometimes yeah. as much as abandonment. But then there's also trauma-induced types uh, or right. forms of addiction right. and mood-disordered right. forms, so all sorts of stuff going on. It's almost never one thing. Right, but the beauty is, the beauty is, is we can find all those answers to those very distinct pains through Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and through the process. He's got all the answers. Yeah, and the challenge is not to make the answers religious. Exactly. So yes. then, so then spiritualizing. Ted, back to the Pure Desire um, conferences. Um, I'm a pastor, and I'm, I'm, I'm sold. I'm ready to go. I think this is a great idea. How, how do I get a hold of you? What do I do to get Pure Desire to come to my church? Well, what we've done is it takes, it takes seven of our staff people and that's twenty or thirty thousand dollars a week. The church has to pony up every time we do one of those because uh-huh. you've got to understand the uh, the females part of it. You've right. got to understand small group structures. We have we actually have a Christian lawyer. Uh-huh. We keep him in a glass case because he's such a novel person. <laughs> right. Right. And we shatter it and bring him out and have him in that because the legal issues in the church on taking on this ministry are huge. Yeah. So what I'm saying is we just filmed it uh, two weeks ago, and so we're going to be. Uh, uh, presenting it on DVD, so Good. what happens? Any church pastor can pick this up, 
In March, I'm going to be speaking in a uh, satellite conference with Jack Hayford and Bill Hybels. I call it the Divine Sandwich. I'm right in between those two. (laughs) (laughs) And we will have all the products available then. Uh, Pure Desire, the workbook, which takes a guy, uh, a small group leader, through two years so that it's all set out for him. And then a leader's guide and then all the women's material, which is all there. Plus, it's going to have a Pure Desire uh, seminar. So all this stuff's going to be available by uh, probably January. Oh, great. Okay. So puredesire.org, they can check that out. Okay. And uh, easthill.org, either one. Don't okay. go puredesire.com. You won't like what you get. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Good, good. Thanks for that tip. That's fantastic. Well, you know, I'm just really proud of you. I, I, I'm thankful that you're just one of God's men in this area, mm. Ted, and that you're not ashamed and you're not afraid. You're not uh, just, you know, uh, letting shame keep you down. And right. You're letting that sh- light shine. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. 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 Get to the place now in my age. I I like. I don't care anymore. Let's deal with this sucker. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, why? Why can't we all be there? And let's talk about shame because I mean, it. It really is holding men back from walking in their redemptive visions. I mean, God's given us each something that we're passionate about and that that He's gifted us towards. And Mm -hmm. you know, the shame and this this constant weighing down by sin and the guilt. Uh, that comes with it, uh, you know, it causes us to not even bother with walking out a redemptive vision. Well, you, you know, and I see with just some of the men that I get to work with that the shame is like this heavy cloak mm-hmm. blanket. But as soon as it's ripped off, they you, they find their passion. They yeah. find their passion. And I right. have seen more guys, and just within a couple of days of them confessing their, right. their sexual sin, begin to feel passionate for their families, passionate for Christ, passionate right. with a calling. It's like, where did these guys come from? Well, yeah. and passionate for recovery, too, right, because right. when you got the shame stripped off of you, I was doing an Every Man's Battle conference in uh, Atlanta this weekend, and a guy came up to me and says, you know what? I really feel like I can do it this time. I've said, you know, it's going to be different a thousand times, but this is the first time I've embraced a program to back myself up mm-hmm. to say it's going to be different. Right. Yeah, we got to get men in combat teams. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't know where Rambo met all those dumb North Vietnamese. Yeah. <laughs> I never met one that was stupid. <laughs> And yeah. he would have lasted 30 seconds in right. real combat. And we we need to have an understanding of the redemptive grace of God, but it always has to be relational. Mm-hmm. Biblical truth only is truth when it's relational. So we've yeah. got to get men in combat teams mm-hmm. and small groups. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of combat teams, I've never experienced true spiritual warfare until I got involved with this ministry. Can you talk to the guy or the group who wants to go and battle against this stronghold and address some issues they need to know or consider about spiritual warfare? Because I'm sure you've come up, come up against it. Oh, yeah. Are you talking about someone serving in this ministry? Right. Yeah. I remember when in Latin America I was uh, going to speak, and and it's not uncommon for a pastor to have a mistress down there. Oh. And they asked me to come and address this issue. You're right. Before I started to speak, I had a friend with me. It was like uh, a spirit grabbed the back of my head and slammed my head into the floor. Hmm. And I and I said to my friend, I said, "You better you better pray because this is really battle. Hmm. You got to have if you're going to get into this ministry, and hmm. if you have had this in your life and you've experienced some kind of healing, you don't have to guess. You're called to this ministry because right. God always takes your weakness and turns it into your greatest strength. Amen. And you understand, you get it, what this issue is about." And that means that you need to get a real team of men around you, at least one other guy that you're really tight with, 
And when you're ministering, you know, in small groups, we always have assistants and leaders that they're working together as a team because the enemy will come against you. Now, he's always coming against you. What happens is you finally see what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And what happens in the Lord will pull his hand back and let the enemy challenge you for this reason mm-hmm. so you can start growing up to a higher level of right. effectiveness in the kingdom. Awesome. So awesome. you've got to have friends. Amen. Most, most men don't have any friends. No man is in. Island. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, well, the show's almost over, so tune in <laughs> er- earlier next or time. Or rewind. Yeah. Uh, but we've been visiting with Pastor Ted Roberts of puredesire.org, and uh, we're glad to have you on the show, Ted. Uh, it's, it's been, been great. a great couple of shows. And, awesome. of course, if you'd like an, an autographed copy of, right. of Ted's book, Pure Desire, then email us, mike at blazinggrace.org. Um, you can also find the archive copies of all of our shows, including these ones, at blazinggrace.org forward slash radio dot htm. And uh, Ted, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Hey, you guys were a kick. You're fellow warriors. Hey, hey, hey. hey and we plan on uh, doing a road trip up to uh, East Church. We're just going to do it. We're going to go up there to Oregon. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. you tell me when you're coming because I travel a lot, so make sure I'm here. Okay. Well, listen, hang on for a second, Ted, while we do a little business with our listeners. Folks, uh, good news and better news. Good news is this is the last time that we're going to ask you for specific support like we have been for the last few weeks because of Los Angeles. And uh, if you're especially a listener in Los Angeles or you care about Los Angeles or you have relatives there or uh, (laughs) anything. Or uh, if you watch Hollywood or or something. (laughs) If you watch TV, uh, we want to be able to stay on the air in Los Angeles, Rob. And it does take $1,600 to $2,000 per month to do that. That's uh, money that we spend out of our own pockets, and we're inviting you to just partner with us to do the same thing. And this is uh, listener-supported, of course, and we'd like to actually be listener-supported, especially for the sake of Los Angeles. So, Mike, you want to chime in on that? Well, before we... uh before we go ahead, what I want to say is that L.A. is the porn capital of the world. You have the right. San Fernando Valley Orange there. County, yeah. Right. <clears throat> and there's a lot of people struggling with sex addiction in the church in that area. Right. So um, this isn't just about getting a radio show up, but it's about speaking the truth and love to a group of people who need to hear it yeah. and, are, and are dying for answers. Yeah. And just think about guests that we've had on, like Shelly Lubin, who's actually rescuing porn workers in that area. out of the porn industry. Right. So, you know, if you want to help us... See us on the web at blazinggrace.org, and uh, we'd love to have your support. So tune in next week. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 625. Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the Internet at www 
blazinggrace.org. That's www.blazinggrace dot org forward slash radio dot htm. On that page, you'll find a downloadable copy of this show, or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries. Look for Blazing Grace Radio. If you want help resolving a sexual addiction, you can reach Rob McIntyre and Jason Graves toll free by dialing 877-590-SOUL. That's 877-590-7685. Desire for a specific subject to be covered on Blazing Grace? Tell Mike Janung what you want covered. You can email Mike at Mike, the symbol at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening, and may God shine his grace upon you. Yeah. <laughs>